0: Tonight, I want to share a word with you about dealing with stuff. Dealing with stuff. Um this is I anyone ever deal with some stuff? I've dealt with some stuff, man. <laughs> and uh God was kind of speaking this to me as we were uh we were out of town this week, Beth and the kids and I, we were in Birmingham. Um, I had a, a trip for work that I had to go down, and I was doing some training and learning how to do some weird ninja stuff. And um, so, if, at first, I thought I was only going to be down there for a few days, and then come to find out I was going to be down there for five days. And so, Beth and the kids were like, "We're coming with you," um, which was cool. So we we love doing that. And so, Beth and the kids came with us, and um, we had a we had a good opportunity to deal with some stuff this week. Uh, um, We, uh, we head down there and Harvest isn't feeling well. I think you guys knew last week, um, Naomi had the flu and, uh, so Naomi came back. Um, she's back to, you know, biting your ankles and, uh, kicking you and stuff. And, uh, so she's feeling better and we're happy about that. So then Harvest wasn't feeling good on the way down, but she's kind of a trooper until we told her, Hey, you're going to ride in the car for the next nine hours. Um, she didn't like that. Um, and so we, we make it there and we're like, okay, we made it, we've arrived. Life is good. And, uh, so that's Sunday, uh, Monday comes and I'm, I'm at this training and doing this stuff. And as I'm sitting there, Bethany, uh, sends me a message. Um, I'm getting louder and louder and I'm not even doing anything. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? That's good. Um, so Bethany shoots me a message Monday and she says, Hey, um, I feel like I'm going to die. And, uh, I said, okay, cool. Um, uh, lock the door. Don't let anyone in until I get there. Right. Um, and so she's in a hotel room with four kids and she feels like she's going to die. And she's like, I am going to have to go to urgent care or something cause I'm going to die. And so I said, okay, um, well I have the van at this place of business that I'm at. And so luckily, my brother was down there for this training as well. So I was like, okay, here's the deal. Lunch, we're going, we're going to give her the car, let her go, and then we'll get your car and we'll come back. So it's all this stuff. So then, uh, so Bethany, first day in, she's like, hey, what else do you want to do in Birmingham? Let's go see the urgent care, see what it looks like, right? And so... um, so what's funny is we're orchestrating all this, and um, sure enough, as, as, uh, as I come back from lunch, the guy asked me, he says, uh, so are you guys doing anything fun tonight, anything you got planned? I said, actually, my wife's getting ready to go to urgent care, so that's kind of cool, right? And uh, he's like, what? And so uh, Bethany comes back and really terrified me at first, because at first she told me that she had been diagnosed with ammonia, which I don't know how to get ammonia. I don't know if she was drinking it or what. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. Um, Fortunately, it was pneumonia, not ammonia, um, so they could treat it. They knew what to do. Um, so, first day in, Beth's got pneumonia, right? So, it's like, oh my gosh. So, and this is Naomi's birthday, okay? So, Bethany is like puddles, right? Because it's Naomi's birthday. And so, I'm like, babe, don't, I, you know, I get back from, from work. I'm like, babe, don't worry about it. I'll take the kids out. We'll do something fun. And uh, the closest thing that was supposed to be fun was Chuck E. Cheese, right? And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to take them to Chuck E. Cheese. It's going to be good. They're going to have a blast. I can handle that. It's no problem. Um, And then I pull in, and it's Naomi's birthday. So I'm like, I want to do something fun. And Beth was like, you got to do something fun. So we go to Chuck E. Cheese, and as soon as we pull in, Naomi is like almost crying uh, because she sees the mouse on the side of the building. And she remembers like, two years ago, Beth brought her. And when the big rat came out, um, there's a scar in her brain somewhere that says, this is not fun. <laughs> so I pull in like, hey, and right, all the other kids are like, yes, except for Harvest, because she has no clue what's happening. But all the other kids are like, yes. And then I look at Naomi, she's like, Dad, d- d- daddy, no, daddy, no. And I'm like, so now I'm like, oh. There's nothing else, right? Like, there, I I had no other options. I'm I'm in a city that I have no idea about. I've done all the Google searches I can. I can't find anything. It's too cold to play outside, and so I'm like, well, what do you want to do? She's like, I just go eat mac. And I was like, oh, well, we can do that. Like, I can figure that much out. And so we we went and ate macaroni. And at that point, harvest is miserable at life. So literally, I'm trying to eat dinner and I'm holding her like a baby, which she never really lets me do. So it's kind of cool, right? So I'm holding her like a baby while I'm trying to eat. And uh, um, that was fun. And so we get home, um, everything, we get back to the hotel, everything's like everyone's best working on getting better. They move on with our lives. And um, so day two comes Day two comes and Bethany's like, okay, harvest fever just spiked all of a sudden again. And I'm like, awesome. So that's really cool. She's like, I think when you get home today, you need to take her to urgent care. <laughs> so, of course, I get back from lunch and they're like, hey, what are you guys going to do tonight? Are you going to do anything fun now? I was like, actually, I'm going to take my daughter to urgent care. They're like, you guys are weird, right? <sighs> so we take, I take her to urgent care. Um, she gets diagnosed with the flu. So I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Um, luckily, you know, she bounces back within a couple of days. And so just in time for us to leave, right? Uh, pretty much. And so um, we got to deal with some stuff this week, all right? And the interesting thing about when you deal with stuff, um, there's like so many questions that pop up in your mind. Why me, right? Why me? Why now? Um, Why couldn't this have happened this time instead of this time? And all of this different stuff, right? Like all of this, it's, it's craziness. And that's honestly the way it always feels when you start dealing with some stuff. It's never like, you know what? It's actually a really convenient time for me to deal with this stuff. That was a great time actually this is i 'm glad I have that, and you know uh, we get the opportunity to learn from dealing with stuff right I mean, I think without a doubt when we th- when you really think about your life, you think about some of the hardest experiences that you 've been through, those experiences of stuff have helped you you 've gotten stronger you 've gotten better, whatever it is now, I would love to be faced with like something like really, really challenging like i don 't know I just all of a sudden inherited millions of dollars and I have to figure out how to invest it. Like that's some stuff that sounds fun to deal with. Usually this stuff I get is not fun to deal with, right? So, and it's probably the same for all of us, right? So we don't typically like the idea of dealing with stuff. It's just, it's just not fun, right? Um, and we often get miserable in the process. And sometimes what happens is when we get into dealing with some stuff, we alienate ourselves. And we pull away and we hide and we retreat because we just got to get our stuff together. So I want to talk to you tonight about dealing with some stuff. Turn with me to John chapter nine, uh, because the first thing I want to talk about is the stuff. Okay. Let's talk about the stuff for a minute, because when stuff comes up, there's a lot of things that start happening. There's a lot of things that people do. There's a lot of things that other people do. Um, and I want to talk about the idea of, of the stuff, okay? So John chapter 9, I'm going to read the first three verses here. It says, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Okay. I want to talk to you about this for a minute. When you've got some stuff and your stuff is showing, (laughs) what people want to typically do is start casting blame as to why you have that stuff. People love to do this. It's some of the first things that people will usually do is they will start to identify and say, well, the reason she's dealing with this is because she did this or he's dealing with this because he said this or because he did this or because he went here. Whatever it is, the first thing that people like to do is talk about why they've got the stuff. OK, this is. And this, this trap that happens is if you listen to it enough, you will start to believe that there is some, some uh, disobedience to God or maybe, maybe you're not giving enough to the church or maybe you're not sacrificing, enough, whatever it may be. But sometimes you have to understand this, that your stuff is so that God can receive glory. So a lot of times when we deal with this stuff, we fall into this guilt trap because we assume that it must be traced back to some specific event or time or whatever, what decision I made four years ago. Now, I'm not going to tell you that some of the stuff you deal with isn't because of something that you've done. Right? That happens. It does happen. Right? The reason I have to work out and lose weight now is because of the stuff that I consumed before. Right? I don't necessarily believe that God had me eat that, that food and gain that weight so that he will receive the glory when I've lost my weight. I right, so you understand like there's there are two things. But even in all of that, there is an opportunity to give God glory. See, there are miracles that I believe God has intended to perform with your stuff. Now, I don't know what that is. I'm not going to not going to claim to know what that is, okay? But I would I would venture to imagine that almost every single one of us is dealing with something. I don't know what it is. I'm not, you know, but there's some stuff that people are dealing with, whether it's some insecurities, whether it's some sort of uh, failure, whether it's some sort of lack, whether it's some sort of sickness, with, what, no matter what it is, dealing with some stuff. And so tonight I want, as we get into this, we're going to dig past the why do I have this, Okay. And we're going to talk about how do we change our mindset to get to a place where we actually start to deal with some of this stuff, okay, instead of just talking about it, okay? So don't listen to this, evaluating the why and, oh, yeah, I do remember why I have this and blah, blah, blah. I don't want you to think about that. I want to think about dealing with it because we can sit and we can pick apart why we are the way we are. Why we have this, we can trace it back to our parents, to our grandparents, to our great grandparents, to our spouse, to our whatever, okay? But here's what I'm trying to get to. I don't care where it came from. I don't care where it started. I don't care where it's at. What I care about is that we need to deal with some stuff. We need to deal with it. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, as we start dealing with some stuff, okay? This... This passage here um, is coming up behind a, a pretty, big, uh, pretty big chapter in, in chapter 4. But I, I want to start digging into this because I think what we're going to do is build the foundation for what we need to do and understand to actually deal with this stuff. Because there's a lot of people in the church that have been dealing with the same stuff for a very long time, right? The exact same situations, the exact same problems, the exact same pains, The exact same sickness, and we're in this silly cycle of the same stuff. And I don't know about you, but I don't believe that God has intended for us to stay with it. I believe that Jesus intended, Jesus came for us so that we can move past our stuff, not camp out with it. Not live with it. Not just deal with it, right? The the saying that I hate, um, and I've told you guys I hate this before, is uh, people who have like horrible attitudes and they're just mean and they're just really sharp with people and they just say, "Well, that's just the way God made me," right? And I'm like, "No, <laughs> he did not make you like that," <laughs> and we need to fix that, right? So Romans chapter five verse one. I want I want to read this to you. It says, "Therefore, since we have been justified." By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to stop there for a minute. We need to get this straight, okay? Verse 1 says this. We have been justified by faith. By faith. Faith alone. We are justified by faith. That is the justification that we need to walk in. See, if you start trying to deal with some stuff and it, you are not walking justified by your faith. You will not deal with your stuff. It's as simple as that. See, your justification of your relationship with the Father isn't. If it's not justified in faith, then you're just you're just going to mess the whole thing up. Here's what I'm talking about. A lot of people want to justify the reason that they're going to be able to get over their stuff because I gave more this week than I gave last week or because I've attended four services in a row and I've never done that before, and so I feel justified in that. They're justifying what they're doing because of their works as opposed to justifying by the faith because it's nothing that we can do to get through this, whatever that thing is, right? It's not a justification of works. If we find ourselves comforted in our works as that becoming what's going to get us where God intended us to be, we're not going to get there what we're going to do is we're going to start putting more emphasis because guess what happens? You slip this much in this week, it doesn't work, you slip more next week, right? (laughs) You sign up for this ministry now, still having that same problem with the same stuff, you start signing up for other things. Well, maybe children's ministry wasn't for me. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe that's where God's calling me to. And we chase God's calling like it is a key to something that we need to get rid of our stuff. But the reality is when you look to the word, we're justified by one thing alone. And it is faith. And when we go to start dealing with stuff, guys, we have to go in it full speed ahead with the faith knowing that God can do anything. Not that I know that I'm going to have to start doing this or I'm going to have to start whatever it may be. It is not about justifying through our works. It is about being justified by faith. Because it says here that when we, because we are justified by faith, we have peace with God, Now, I want to talk about that because some people get stuck in a rut because they believe that God is angry with them, and that's why they can't get rid of their stuff. They see their relationship with him as damaged because of their stuff, not their relationship being damaged because of their lack of faith. See, the problem typically with your relationship with Jesus isn't your stuff. It's, it's your lack of faith. See, the faith is what allows us to walk in such a way that we're changed. Because here's the deal. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you believe that God holds all power to everything, and can destroy not only your flesh, but your soul, and you see the severity of that topic, we talked about this a few weeks ago, If you have the faith to believe all of those things, guess what? Your stuff, (laughs) your stuff becomes very minute. Your stuff begins to change your perspective because you're getting wrapped up in how big this stuff is as opposed to how big your God is. See, because your God is able to do all. And when we limit what he's able to do, because we keep saying, but yeah, but look at this, but look how, how much I've messed up and look at how much is wrong in my life. And we look at things like that. We don't experience this, this process where we actually deal with stuff. People will find themselves dealing with stuff by trying to do more for God, by being more generous, but none of those things produce faith. They don't produce faith. Those are often a byproduct of faith. You do more because you believe in God and you want to please Abba, right? It's like my kids, my kids love to do things to try to make me happy, right? That's because they love me, right? That's what they do. Well, we are the same way, right? When 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 we look at Abba Father, right? We should be looking at him in such a way that you know what? He is so big. He is so vast. And he has such great things for us. And instead of looking at how big our stuff is and how much of a mess we are, because when we focus on that, guys, what we do is we create a, a, a bit of a barrier between us and God because we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have that peace because we're justified by faith. Verse 2 says this, Through him we have also obtained access By what? By faith, into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. See, too many people are getting caught up in their inability to move on from their stuff because of their guilt. See, without the forgiveness of God, they don't feel like they've deserved it or that they've earned it, right? This is why we talked about a little bit earlier about. You know, living out um, your own form of justification, but this says that we have obtained access by what? By faith into grace. See, faith is the currency that heaven works off of. That's the currency, right? If you think about how how do I access the things of God? How do I access the vault? <laughs> it's faith. Faith is it. You don't need anything else. See, and we struggle with this word because this is, this is saying here that we, we obtain access by faith into grace. And see, grace, we get really confused about grace because don't, I don't think we really understand grace, to be quite honest with you. Because when you think about this, right, you think about the fact that um, I'm someone that's got some stuff. And maybe I can't deal with my stuff because of my struggles or whatever it is. But we don't think that we deserve to be freed from that. Because we don't understand grace, right? We don't understand grace because we don't give it. We don't give it enough. See, people mess up and we remember it forever. See, people say something wrong and we tell everyone what they said. People, people have a moral failure and we stamp it across their head and make it their identity. See, we do these things, in, in the, and as, as a result, we don't understand grace because we don't give it enough to understand it. When we give something, right, you understand it. So a uh, little story. A uh, company I worked at years ago, I was in a meeting, and uh, one of the guys that worked for me used the word symbiotic in a conversation. Okay? And I was like, whoa, fancy pants. Um <laughs> And I was like, what did you just say? I said, I'm from Goshen, man. <laughs> you might need to slow down and say that again. It's symbiotic. And I said, what? And so he explained to me what it meant. And so for the next year, um, I attempted my hardest to always use the word symbiotic in the wrong way when I spoke with him. Every time. Just, I just did it for literally, it had to have been a year. And I would just rattle the word off while we were talking. And I'd be like, well, I don't think that symbiotically that makes sense, you know? And he'd be like, you don't, why do you keep doing this? And I did it for the longest time. I had a lot of fun with it, honestly. Um, But what's funny about that is that in that process of constantly giving that word out, right, saying the word symbiotic and saying it in all the wrong ways and saying symbiotic, guess what happened? I actually know what it means now, right? (laughs) I learned it. The way I learned it, was by giving it constantly, constantly, constantly. And the problem with why we don't understand grace is because I don't believe that we give it enough. See, because even if you're giving it in a place where it's not deserved, right? I was giving the word symbiotic where it did not deserve to be. It didn't make any sense. And he was a word nerd, watched Jeopardy. He was all about it, man. And so he was like, oh, he just wanted to go nuts every time. But even though that I was giving it, and, you know, what's funny is when we talk about grace, people, people want to give um, grace out uh, stingily uh, because sometimes they're like, you know, that person, they've got a lot of issues, man. And you know what? I've already forgiven them once or twice or I've already done this. And, and so we, we withhold grace. Grace isn't to be withheld, right? It's not to be withheld. And the reason we don't fully understand his grace is because we're not willing to give our own grace here. But the more that you give grace, right, the more that you give grace to your spouse, the more you give grace to your kids, the more you give uh, uh, grace to everyone that you encounter, the people at your work, the people that you live whatever it is, right, the more that you give it, the more that you understand it. And see, we don't understand enough of the grace of the Father because we don't give it. If we're supposed to be Christ-like, why can't we look at the adulteress and ask her where her accusers are? See, we don't we don't do these things because in our world it doesn't make sense. We still have to cast judgment. We still have to tell them what they're doing wrong. We still have to do this. And I'm not. I'm not. Uh, let me let me throw a clause out here. Uh, Bethany always makes sure I throw my I throw my clauses out here. I'm not saying that there's not times where we need to sit someone down and bring them to earth and say we need to get this right. Okay, don't don't misread that. But. We have to get better at giving grace because we don't give it, right? We it's it's very rare that um that we do something like this. You know, we we keep our distance and whisper our opinions and we forsake the grace that we all revel in. Like, like we I mean, we we're, we're excited about the grace and the mercy and and all and the love and we talk about all of those things, but then we get out there and we get out on the road or we get out wherever we are and we just completely just butcher that, right? Because if we're going to be Christians, we're followers of Christ. We are imitators of Christ. And if we're going to imitate Christ, guess what should be a part of that grace? Grace should be a part of that. It's a very important part of what we're doing. But we have to understand that that grace is for us. And we have accessed that by that faith, right? See, I see an emphasis in this right here. It says, by access by faith into this grace in which we stand, Ephesians 6.13 tells us that when we've done everything, you know, you put on the armor of God, you've done everything, stand. Stand. And I think it's no mistake that when you look at this, we access by faith this grace in which we stand. See, accessing this grace, it's not enough just to access it and then move on with your life. We have to plant our feet firmly And we have to decide that we are going to stay in that grace. The problem that we have is in our society, we are so quick to move for something else. We want something different, we want something fresh, we want something loud, we want something quiet. We, you know, we we are constantly in this influx of change. And the problem is, is none of us know how to stand anymore. Because we're all trying to run around like chickens with our heads cut off. Let's just be honest. It's craziness. It's craziness. And the word tells us often we need to stand, stand. When we stand in that grace, what it allows us to do is rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You can't deal with some stuff if you don't have some hope about what's beyond that stuff. See, a lot of people get stuck with their stuff because they can't see. You know, I I talked to you guys um, uh, months ago, maybe a year ago now, about getting from here to there and how uh, the widowed woman, when Elijah came to her, Elijah came to her and said, hey, I want you to make me some food. And she was like, hey, actually, the little bit of food I've got left, I'm actually going to go home and me and my son are going to eat it and then we're going to die. So, yeah, I don't really have anything for you, right? And the the whole... start of that process for her from getting from here to there was understanding that there was a there that wasn't death and just like this when we're talking about dealing with some stuff we can't get so consumed with our stuff that we can't see past it that we can't have hope enough about what God has for us beyond that stuff. And what we do is we find ourselves ignoring the fact that we have access to this grace and knowing that God wants to forgive us. God wants us to move into these things and we won't forgive ourselves so that we can experience it. When we stand in that grace, we can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's what we have to get focused on. We can't go trying to deal with stuff without living in that. We'll find ourselves frustrated with no end in sight and we'll camp out in our stuff instead of actually moving into what God has for us, okay? Verse 3, 3 through 5, we're going to finish this here. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us, see this is this is where we find ourselves slipping. It's hard to swallow this pill, but we are to rejoice in our sufferings. See, um, we can spend a lot of time talking about our stuff. We can spend a lot of time talking about our stuff and i've I've talked to you guys about this before you know we talked about being in the pit, right. Um, we we can get so consumed with that stuff, with whatever it is, that we don't ever move past it. We don't ever move deeper. We don't even move past it because here's the deal. We're just, we just like talking about our stuff, right? And the word here, you know, when it talks about rejoicing in your sufferings, it's not talking about, you know, skipping like you're, you know, riding a rainbow on a unicorn and saying I love sufferings, right? That's not It's not a thing, I don't think. I've not seen that yet. Maybe it's a thing, I don't know. That's not what it's it's not what it's saying. But what it is, but part of what it's saying there guys is that we can't get ourselves so alienated and away from everyone else because of our stuff. See, Church is one of these weird places that we tell everyone you need to come here and you need to get some stuff off of you and you need to talk to some people about some of your stuff. Uh, But then church is also this weird place that there's some places that when you go and you talk about your stuff, um, they want to make sure that um, everyone else heard about your stuff. Right. (laughs) They want to they want to exchange it in prayer requests. Hey, you know. Bethany came to me. She was drinking ammonia again, you know. <laughs> they they want to come to you and they want to do that and they want to speak a hundred, a 1, thousand words about your stuff, but they don't want to take five words to God about your stuff. See, they, they, they may want to lace it in a prayer request, but the whole problem is, you know what? I don't need 40 people to pray about it. I just need to lock arms with someone and someone say, you know, I'm going to pray with you right now. You know, and not feel like they've got to go take it to everyone and their brother. Listen, guys, we, we, can, we can spend so much time about talking about our stuff, and the whole time, all we're doing is we're becoming attached to it. We're becoming attached to it. Too many identities are wrapped up in stuff. I have heard people introduce themselves by whatever they've done. Hey, I did this. Cool. Jody went to jail. <laughs> he worked in a jail. Sorry, I always have to do that one. It's always such a good one. Their stuff is who they are. And they struggle to see that hope because giving up their stuff is giving up who they are for them. See, people people get afraid of dealing with their stuff because it's it's them now. They've held on to it for so many years for so long that they've never been willing to actually deal with it because if they deal with it, they don't know who they are. They're confused about who God created them to be, right? Because they're that angry lady who is kicking the dog and spitting in the goldfish bowl, right? They don't have a clue. And so this empty room, as you see as this picture, this is what terrifies people about dealing with stuff because their identity is in that, Their identity isn't in the one who is here, who we're intended to have faith with, who we're intended to receive grace from. It's wrapped up in their stuff. And let me tell you, that is not what God intended for our lives. We walk around with so much baggage and so much. I told you guys weeks ago about the episode of Hoarders. That's what we look like spiritually. We hold on to words, we hold on to hurts, we hold on to failures, we hold on to experiences, and we do all of those things. And the whole time, what we're doing is we're filling up our rooms with some stuff. And the, the more that is, that room gets packed full, the harder it is to deal with it because all of a sudden, before you know it, the room is, what do they do in hoarders? Eventually they just shut the door, right? And then they start in the next room and here, there's a, there's a song. Um, many of you will know NF, right? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We got some NFers. Okay. NF Christian rapper. Okay. NF (laughs) Dana, we can, we can educate you later on NF, bub. um, Okay, Christian rapper sings this song, I think it's called Mansion, right? And the whole concept of this song is that he lives in a mansion, but every single room he starts packing full with all of his stuff, all of his mess, all of his failures, everything that he believes keeps him from being able to be in relationship with God, and you may, you may have it all, you may have it all together, you may have, all, you know, the, the perfect family photo, but the reality is, is that if your rooms are packed full of stuff that God didn't intend for you, you need to clean out some rooms. You need to clean out some rooms. And this is where, okay, so, so we, need to, we, need to, uh, um, we need to recognize first that stuff isn't always our fault, Sometimes you deal with some stuff so that God can, God can receive glory. And I believe that no matter what that stuff is, whether you brought it on or he brought it on, I believe that he's going to get glory from it, okay? The second thing we need to do is we need to have faith. We need to recognize that we, have, we are justified by faith, not by our works, not by anything else, but by our faith. We need to understand that there is grace that we are allowed to tap into. You are allowed to tap into grace, okay? And the best way to learn grace is to give it. Give it like crazy. Give it like crazy. And we need to begin to rejoice and not wear a mask, okay? Not wear a mask to to such a way that we don't walk out these sufferings. But here's the last thing we need to do, okay? We need to just deal with it. We need to deal with it. See, there's a lot of times where God puts some stuff right in front of you. And see, for some of you, he's put it right here and you're still like, you're doing one of those, right? <laughs> there is some stuff that you are carrying that you, were, that you have held on to. It's like a, like a suitcase dragging it behind you everywhere you go. And the reality is is the whole purpose is for you to deal with it. Deal with it. No more will we Will sweep it under the rug, throw it into the room, any of that. We have to deal with some stuff. Um, it, it made me think of this story. King Saul was instructed to destroy all of the Amalekites. Some of you will know this story. King Saul, king of Israel, destroy them all, wipe them out. Everything they have, everything, all the, everything, gone, gone, destroy it, okay? People were evil. There's all kinds of stuff you can read. You can read all about the Amalekites, okay? So what did Saul do? Saul goes and he decides, you know what? That King Agag, I'm going to keep him alive. He, he keeps the king of the Amalekites alive. And then he takes all of the good stuff. He's like, I'm going to keep this stuff because it looks pretty good, right? This is what he does. And what, what happens is Saul didn't deal with the stuff that God told him to deal with, he refused to. He thought his own ways. He thought, I'll do, I'll do this the way that I want to do it, right? He took things into his own hands and he said, i 'm not going to really deal with all this stuff, and you know what sometimes we, we make ourselves feel better, um, and uh, we, we may deal with ninety percent of what God told us to, but that other ten percent just not yet, right just not yet and and uh what what happened with King Saul is he does this, and the prophet comes to him and says, "Why did you just do this?" And you know what King, what King Saul lost, he lost the throne. He lost the throne. He was rejected as king. And you know who had to deal with it? The prophet. The prophet came and the prophet killed the king himself. He was going to deal with it. And see, we are walking around with stuff because we haven't been ready to deal with it. Maybe we thought that we weren't worthy of being dealt with. Maybe we didn't see that there was something that God had for us once we actually dealt with. With our stuff, but I'll tell you right now, the Word tells us that we need to deal with some stuff. Let me ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. See, we have, as a body, as a as a as the corporate body, we have fallen victim to this idea of not being open about what's happening in us. See, we're afraid of people finding out that we've got some stuff. Can I tell you something? I got some stuff. We've all got some stuff. May not be the same stuff, but it's stuff, right? And every day, that we walk this whole Christian thing out, right? Every step that we take, every breath that we breathe, what we have to be doing, guys, is making a decision, are we gonna deal with it or not? And when I say deal with it, I mean get rid of it. See, a lot of people are dealing with their stuff by working it into their lives by finding a way to get past what the guilt is, what the shame is, whatever it is, I don't know, instead of actually just dealing with it. And see, God wants you, God wants so much for you. And as long as you keep looking at yourself as unworthy, it's not not about your works. It's about faith. You're justified by your faith. And too many people are running a rat race where they're just trying to do more and more and more and more and, and pack their schedule, whether it, whether it looks good or not. Listen, there's a lot of people that fill their schedule with church stuff because they're trying to hide their stuff. I'll tell you, we, we talk to a lot of people about this, that we don't do lots of events, right? Right. I've been at churches where the whole goal was we would sit in staff meeting and they would say, "Hey, we got to we got to keep them busy through the summer or we'll lose them." Okay, I don't care about keeping you busy. Just doesn't matter. I care about you dealing with some stuff because if I just get you so busy that you ignore this, it doesn't matter doesn't matter. We can, we, can, we can do all the great campaigns. We can go talk to everyone. But if inside you are broken because you haven't subjected yourself to his word and to what he wants to do in your life, then it doesn't matter. We can pack the house. We can do whatever we want. But if we're not willing to deal with the stuff that's in our back rooms that we don't want anyone to know about, that we don't want anyone to see, that we haven't opened ourselves. Listen, when we open up these things, we are opening up to allow God to do something great. We need to bring some things into the light. We need to bring some things into the light because God wants to help us deal with this stuff. It's not about you going back to your house and saying, you know what? He's right. I need to deal with this. No, 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 no. Remember, justified by faith, accessing grace through that faith so that you can deal with your stuff. That's how it happens. It doesn't happen because you set your mind to it. You can set your mind to it all day long. It doesn't matter. You have to tap into Jesus. You have to tap into his grace so that you can experience, if you would go ahead and start playing that song, because... We have to be willing to deal with the stuff, guys. We have to. For too long, we have found it okay to live with the stuff instead of dealing with the stuff. So as this song plays, I'm going to open this altar up. If you are someone that says, you know what, I have some stuff that I've been holding on to, some stuff that maybe I've been afraid to bring up, maybe some stuff that that I've been afraid to lay down because maybe it's been part of my identity. Maybe it's been part of who I am. And you say, Tom, I need to let go of this stuff. This is your time. This is your time because God, God wants to tap into everything that he has already placed into you. But that stuff is getting in the way. That stuff is getting in the way. And you need to lay it down. So if you today say, Tom, I need to lay some stuff down, I'm just going to tell you right now, you come to this altar and you pray. Because you need to let go of some stuff. And we will pray with you. And we will believe God to do something else. And if you say, Tom, you know what? I've got stuff, but I don't even know who this Jesus is. And I need to know who he is. Then you come up here and we'll pray with you too. This is your time to respond to the word. Let's respond together. Because God wants us to deal with some stuff.